Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out and make sure you subscribed. Hammer and Nigel. You believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. You are a uh, Marion County resident. I've lived in Marion County a lot of my life. My family lives in Marion County. Talk to me about your feelings, Hammer, with this new poll from IndiePolitics.org concerning the race for Marion County prosecutor. Well, my feelings on this new poll are about the same as my feelings on the Colts this year, Nige. Does that answer your question? So our pal Abdul, who joins us every Friday, and you can hear him throughout you know various programs and time slots here at 93 WIBC he does political polling and the latest one on the prosecutor's race in Marion County shows that the incumbent Ryan Mears is up by 20 percent 51 percent to 31 percent with 19 percent undecided Now, this was a poll of 300 likely voters here in Marion County. Um, With independents, it's a little bit closer. Just with independents, it's 37 to 28 Ryan Mears, uh, but 51% to 31 overall. That's a big, big number. That's a big number, but what was the other number you said? Was it 19 or 20% undecided? 19% undecided. Okay, well, that's something, isn't it? I mean, that's something if you are somebody that wants to change the status quo in Marion County. You're looking at that 19 percent. All right. You know, I know this is a bit. I mean, this is one poll. What does Abdul always say? It's a snapshot of a moment in time or something like that. I can't get the wording right. He, he always does it so eloquently. But um, it's I mean, this is what you get when you get like straight ticket voting. Sometimes I feel like right is, is oh anybody with a D next to their name. Pull that lever. and You're done. Right. And that's what I think you'll see in Marion County. There's such a big voter discrepancy between registered Democrats and registered Republicans. It's overwhelming Democrats in Marion County. Three to one ratio might even be closer to four to one, to be honest with you. Uh, So Cindy Carrasco, she's going to have to pick up all of these undecideds. Now, with Abdul's poll here, IndyPolitics.org, there is a margin of error of 5.6%. So you take that for what you will. But, man, you hit the nail right on the head. So many folks in this county, they just go and vote straight ticket. Straight Democrat. And how can any informed voter look at his record or the crime stats in this city and say, hey, everything's great, status quo, no changes? Uh, yeah, I'm going with I'm going with Mears. I mean, again, I don't live in I work here. I've worked here most of my life in this county. I mean, you live you've lived in Marion County all your life, Hammer. Um, so and especially when you're living in a, a hot spot area, like a high crime area, and you're living there, and you see these guys just stroll through that revolving door of the criminal justice system, back out on the streets again and again, over and over and over again. You think you know you'd be clamoring for some change. We can only have. I, FOP President Rick Snyder says it all the time. Uh, Ten Point Coalition uh, Reverend Charles Harrison says it all the time. He's a Democrat. He's like, man, yeah, something needs to change here in this city with the criminal justice system, and it starts at the prosecutor's office. And it's, you know, what it is in Marion County. There's a very good chance that if Boss Hogsett wants to run again, he'll probably win. Right now, it looks like Ryan Mears is winning. So... I'm at that crossroads in my life now, Nige, where 
Man, I'm probably about four, maybe five years away from being an empty nester in the house. You know, my oldest is a high school senior now. My mm-hmm. youngest is a high school freshman. Once he gets out, kind of goes to college, gets on his own, and it's just a crazy coupon lady and myself. <laughs> These are the types of yeah. things that make me question, do I want to stay in Marion County? Lots of people think that way. For sure. No question about it. You, Depending on where you live in the city, you are a block or two away from just pure anarchy, it seems like, right. sometimes. I mean, you go up, it's crazy. You go up Illinois, you go up Meridian, you go uh, towards towards Broad Ripple, and it's, 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 it's night and day from one block to the other. And crime has its way of creeping out into all parts of the city. It's not right. just one side of the city. It's happening everywhere. And... Uh, you know, we keep telling you on this show, guys like Rick Snyder, FOP, guys like Charles Harrison say uh, the biggest problem is this: what the policies are, the the, the revolving door of the criminal justice system, to be right. sure. And I'm not naive to think that, you know, if you change prosecutors, all of a sudden it's going to be like Pleasantville around here. I know that's not the case. All people like myself are asking for is if somebody is a violent threat to society, if they have got 20 plus felonies if they have got a previous murder and death on their rap sheet maybe we should just ease up on the sweetheart deals just a little bit that's all that we're asking for apparently that's asking too much though here in marion county now jesse waters on his program last night was talking about some of the crime in the inner cities across america and he had an interesting guest stephen a smith of espn Jumped on with Jesse Waters last night. Hmm. And again, I'll tip my hat to Stephen A. It would be easy for a super woke ESPN talent to say, I'm not going on Fox News. Blank you. You guys are whatever. He went on. He spoke with Jesse Waters last night. And you know what? Stephen A. Smith actually made some sense when it comes to what's happening in the inner cities across America. There is no question that we should be against an extremely progressive agenda that's calling for people to be released from prison on multiple occasions, that's ignoring a lot of crime that's taking place in the streets. There is no doubt about that. The subway system in New York City, you're damn right I got a problem with that. Something needs to be... I'm a native of New York City. I took the F and the E train all the time. I wouldn't want my family traveling on the subway right Same now with me what, not what anymore. I'm seeing. I was in LA I was in LA the homeless homelessness that exists there I got an issue with that certainly when you look at Gavin Newsom and some of the policies that he's put forth you're talking about you're talking about a lot of different things that need to be addressed I don't agree with everything and I'm not about to pretend that I do so Stephen A. Smith mm, yeah. who is not a conservative at all but he's also not a far radical leftist that's kind of the takeaway that I took last night on his appearance with Jesse Waters. When you guys, I mean, he mentioned uh, L.A. and uh, Gascon there in L.A. almost getting recalled. The, the, deputy, uh, the deputy prosecutor in, uh, I'm sorry, the prosecutor in San Francisco getting recalled, getting the boot. Uh, Krasner in Philadelphia, um, the prosecutor in Manhattan, all under severe scrutiny. And it's because of the lax crime laws and the, you know, low bail, no bail and it's people are fed up and ryan mears wants to be like those cities that's the thing that blows my mind more than anything else ryan mears the unelected prosecutor currently serving in marion county he looks at san francisco he looks at seattle he looks at portland and goes Mm. hot damn that's what we need to become so i'm telling you unless you want these numbers to stay 
you're going to have to get some votes out there if you're Cindy Carrasco's team. You're going to have to find a way, whether it's going door to door. Um, I don't know. I understand the massive voter discrepancy in this county. It's tough to overcome. But if there's any saving grace, it's that 19% that's undecided. If you can win those over, maybe just maybe we got a ball game here. Now, speaking of progressive leadership, the mayor of Austin, Texas, making some headlines. Now, keep in mind, this is the same guy that cut funds for the police back in 2020. In a red state of Texas, Austin, and I think you used to live there, right, now. Oh, yeah. Very progressive blue city. You sure. were doing radio there for a little while. Yeah, late 2000s. He was at the front lines of defund the police, actually cut funds. Well, they had an officer get killed in the line of duty recently, and the mayor of Austin was busted sleeping at that officer's funeral service. Oh, boy. Dozing off. Pictures went all over the place. Fox News commentator Leo Terrell. There's no excuse for him to fall asleep. A one-hour memorial, and it shows the ultimate disrespect for law enforcement in the city of Austin. This guy has is not a friend of law enforcement at all because he slashed the city budget when it comes to law enforcement, police stipends. This man, this mayor, is a woke Democrat. And Ainsley, the sad part about the city of Austin, the city of Austin is the southern version of New York City. The, the city council do not support law enforcement, and he is a reflection of that, and there is no excuse for him to fall asleep at a one-hour memorial. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Despicable, actually. And again, you Gross. can look on Twitter, and you can easily find the picture. Now, the mayor has since apologized, but he only apologized because he got caught. Once again, Leo Terrell. Those words are meaningless. He said that after he fell asleep. He had no other way or choice to do this. He had to apologize. Those words are meaningless. The family should feel lost because they do not have the respect of the mayor or the city council of Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas is New York City in the South. <laughs> is that a fair assessment, Nige? Uh, when I was there, no, I don't. I, I don't know if that. When was, were you there? Fair. I was there from 2007 to 2009, but it shouldn't surprise people that this guy Adler, Mayor Adler, this is the first time he's had to apologize for a controversy. Let's remember November of 2020, as COVID was escalating, he had led the rally cry for people to stay at home. Please do not relax during this pandemic. You will die. He put a promo out on Facebook. He cut that promo out on social media while he was vacationing in Mexico. <laughs> this is the same guy. I would expect nothing less. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Yeah, hello, I'm Nigel. That's Hammer over there with a special guest on the drivehubler.com hotline. The voice of the Indiana Hoosiers, the man, the legend, Don Fisher. Fish, how are you? I'm doing good. How you guys doing? Man, we're doing good, and we got a couple things that we can get into here, but before we start with anything game-related here, how's John Herrick working out with the broadcast crew? Because he's our news guy in the back. Are you, you know, bossing him around? Because if not, I'm wondering why not. <laughs> no, I, I try not to do too much bossing. Uh, guys are, first of all, John is a terrific person, number one. Number two, he is very talented. Of course, you know he does some play-by-play -play in the high school ranks and all those kinds of things and three he has adapted to all the things that we've requested of him in the pregame halftime and postgame 
game show, plus spotting, uh, as well as anybody I've ever worked with. He's terrific. Because I watched that Lakers series, Winning Time, on HBO, and this was about the rise of the Showtime Lakers. And one of the things I thought was fascinating was the way Chick Hearn, the longtime iconic voice of the Lakers, was portrayed. Whenever somebody else wanted to speak, he would stick his hand out and put the stop signal, and that was your <laughs> time to be quiet. I want to see you do that to John Herrick from time to time. Well, the, the truth of the matter is that we together, we're very seldom on the air together. Now, he's sitting right beside me the whole broadcast because he's spotting for me. But he never says a word while we're spotting or anything like that. I mean, if he did, he would whisper it in my ear. <laughs> I don't know where I'd have the opportunity to put my finger up and say, no, John. But <laughs> honestly, uh, it may happen at some point, and boys, just to solve or to uh, salve your souls, I will put my hand up in the air and go, stop. Thank you. That's what I want to hear. That's what we want to hear. I was hoping for a slap, actually. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Fish, so the Hoosiers, 3-2, uh, and 7th of the Big Ten, have some uh, exciting wins, some heartbreaking losses, your overall assessment here uh, uh, as we continue the college football season. Well, obviously the three wins were terrific in the sense that Indiana, despite trailing in every one of those ball games, got, got back into it. They either dominated the second half, or which they did against Idaho, or they came back in the final two minutes of the ball game and scored a touchdown that either gave them the win or put it into overtime. And so it was very exciting. But the big problem right now is that Indiana has lost two in a row. Both games were on the road, granted that, but both against very good football teams, but very beatable teams. And honestly, in my opinion, Indiana probably could have or should have been much closer in both those ball games, but they allowed big first-half problems initially. Uh, obviously, in the game against Nebraska last week, they tied it at halftime, and then they went away offensively the rest of the ball game. while the defense played very well in the second half. But it's a team right now that's in flux, in my opinion, because there are so many new faces, number one. Uh, obviously, five different new coaches on their staff. Uh, both defensive and offensive coordinators are new. Uh, I think that causes some issues without question and some you – know, you know, some things that they have to work out yet. At the same time, this team has struggled mightily over the last couple of years with their offensive line, and there's no denying that. It hasn't been great, and right now that's the biggest problem, and they've had some injuries there, which has complicated it. So uh, now you're playing a team like Michigan coming up on Saturday that's the number four rated team in the country, by far the best team you've faced this, faced this year. And honestly, it's going to be a difficult challenge, I think, to say the least. But it's going to be on a national stage. Everybody's going to be excited. Fox is going to have their game day program there. It's going to be interesting to see how this team responds to that because they're coming back home after two losses. Yeah, and definitely, uh, definitely one of the bright spots, Fish, and, and you mentioned new faces, is that uh, senior transfer, the running back, Sean Shivers. I love watching this guy, man. Talk about uh, a little bit about his play so far. Well, he, he has not had much of an opportunity. I don't know if you saw the first game or not, but the very first time he touched the football, he got absolutely killed yep. on the field and almost and he actually went out of the ball game for a couple of minutes but he came back in he, he's a gutty guy he's not big at all he's 5'7 about a 190 bowling ball. pounds um, and he's like a bowling ball
bowling ball out there, and he's fun to watch. He really is, but they haven't made a lot of holes for him, nor have they for anybody else in the running department, and that's the problem with the offensive line right now. They're not blocking well enough for the run game, and they're certainly not protecting their quarterback, especially in the last couple of ball games. He has had to run for his life, and he's barely hitting 50% of his passes at this point um, You know, for the last two contests, and that's just not a recipe for winning football. Don Fisher is our guest, uh, the longtime voice of the Indiana Hoosiers. Hoosiers and Michigan, big one, coming up on Saturday from Bloomington. Kickoff is at noon. You can hear that right here at 93 WIBC. Fish, just looking at the Big Ten as a whole, two coaches have already been whacked. Nebraska's got an opening. Wisconsin now has an opening. And it feels like coaches now are – they got a shorter leash. At least it seems like that this year. What's your takeaway from what you've seen with the coaching carousel? Well, without question, at Nebraska and Scott Frost, the the fact of the matter is that program has been a storied program through the years. They expect a lot from their football program, just like Indiana expects a lot from its basketball program. That's one of the reasons that Frost couldn't last, because even though they were very tight losses in most cases, they were they were getting beat like three points, uh, a touchdown, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, get, make a mistake late and get beat on a on a play that maybe shouldn't have happened. All it boils down to is the expectations for Frost were very high when he came because he's a former Nebraska quarterback. And secondly, they just weren't winning enough. And the Georgia Southern loss obviously was the big one because it's to a you know a, a football team that's a lesser team, a mid major, so to speak. If you're looking at basketball language and it's a football program even though they've got a heck of a coach and the guy that was at USC and got fired and he went to Georgia Southern all of a sudden they're winning it doesn't matter it's Georgia Southern and he Nebraska is expected to beat them and I think that was kind of the last straw along with all the close losses they had last year so uh, it, from my standpoint uh, and and Paul Chris that shocked me because that guy has had a terrific career at Wisconsin obviously the last two or three years have been a bit of a problem but COVID had something to do with it a couple of years ago when Indiana beat them. And there's no question they're still a good program. They're just not winning as much as the Wisconsin Badgers obviously feel they need to win. So, you know, it's hard to say. But, look, it's all about winning these days. Obviously, Tom Allen did a great job uh, leading up to the 8-4 and four and 6-2 and four and, uh, and two seasons that they had two years, three years ago and two years ago. And then last year, a huge blow with the laying an egg with a football team that everybody expected to be, you know, one of the top three or four teams in the East. It just didn't happen. Only two wins. And now Tom is kind of on the hot seat. But I still think that at Indiana, you're just not going to fire a guy after one bad year or, or an, you know, a medium type of ball, ball club year, which is Indiana looking at uh, what they're looking at at this point in time. So I, I'm not concerned at this juncture. I don't think Tom is on the hot seat, at least from administrative standpoint. But the key here is how they finish out this season and there's no doubt they've got to start winning more there's no question kickoff is at noon on saturday the hoosiers the wolverines fish will be listening thank you so much man we appreciate it thanks for having me guys appreciate it thanks it's the hammer and nigel show 
back. Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIPC. So I got up the stove Dover to the other side of the cantina. I asked the guy, why are you so fly? He said, funky cold Medina. My name is Nigel, Jason Hammer, right over there. So Indiana's first day to enact legislation to ban abortion after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, right? A lot of other states had those trigger laws already in place, but Indy was the first to call. Well, they called a special session, even though it wasn't the original intent uh, of the special session. But anyway, imagine the irony, uh, because they're getting hit with all these lawsuits now, all these lawsuits. And uh, they were hit with a lawsuit uh, asking a judge to stop the ban on abortion, to keep allowing abortions in Indiana using the Religious Freedom Restoration Act as the reason why uh, it should be stopped. The Satanist people did that, I think, a week or two ago. They filed their lawsuit, uh, the devil people, and (laughs) the ACLU, they actually got the injunction. It was the ACLU that uh, caused that judge in Monroe County to say, eh, let's pump the brakes a little bit and we'll figure this out later on. So that's why the abortion ban, if you want to call it that, is not in effect, even though the lawmakers said that this is what we want to do. Well, now another group has decided they want to file a lawsuit. Hoosier Jews for Choice, challenging the state's uh, ruling on abortion. But the attorney general, one funky Todd Rokita, said that RIFRA, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, does not protect their rights to abortion, they're they're using Rifra as well as the the Satanists, right? And the and the, the so they're using the same excuse. Hoosier Jews and the devil people are using Rifra to get their way on abortion. Now, this brief, which was filed Monday night in Marion County, urges the judge to deny any injunction blocking the abortion ban that originally took effect on September fifteenth. The lawsuit uses the state's Rifra act to challenge the abortion ban, claiming that religions, including Judaism, Islam, and Satan worshiping, allow abortions to take place. So, again, do you think Mike Pence is somewhere right now going, wow, did not see this one coming when we signed RIFRA into law? Yeah, I mean, RIFRA is, it basically said, like, you don't have to bake a a cake uh, for a gay couple if you don't want to. If you're a private entity, if you're, it's one of those things. It's one of those kinds of right. deals, right? And it got and spun completely got, out of control yeah. because people were saying that, well, if you you're a deny. church, you can deny people that want to get married. If you're this, you can deny people because of their you know, sexual orientation. It became a big deal. They made a few tweaks to it, but then they signed it back into law. But but now several different entities, uh, including Hoosier Jews for Choice, are challenging the abortion ban using the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Yeah, you're right. Mike Pence is going to be scratching his head on that one. Man, I... I did not see that coming. <laughs> In my mind, it's the picture of Ron Burgundy sitting at his desk with a beer, but it's Mike Pence's face. <laughs> wow, that escalated quickly. <laughs> I mean, that really got out of hand fast. One minute you sign in a RIFRA, next minute you're allowing the devil worshippers to take you to court. And so Rikita is <laughs> Rikita is is saying now he's he's calling for the judge to deny this injunction. Right. He's he's like wanting to, he was wanting to fast track it. Right. And everybody that's suing's like, don't no, we don't want to fast track it. We need to let this play out. So basically, every religious group 
uh, Todd Rakita is saying RIFRA does not protect your right to abortion. So we're going to find out more October 14th. That's when the county case is set. Man, this story in Anderson, this is just so creepy. Like, I almost didn't even want to talk about it, but I feel like we have to let everybody know what's going on in the WIBC listening area. Court records reveal that an Anderson Community School substitute janitor sent sexual messages and photographs of his junk to an 11-year-old middle school student. Yeah. 11. Yeah. Um, this guy who was 24 began messaging this 11-year-old back in April on Facebook, and now he's been arrested and charged with one count of child solicitation and a level five felony. Yeah, you got to keep track of your kids, especially uh, on Facebook Messenger. Uh, we do this this private deal where we can see and see and hear everything that our kids are doing. Uh, you know, sometimes they talk to their other friends via these online apps. We can see everything, man. It's just it goes to show, man. It, you've got to monitor everything your kids are doing with this uh, way to communicate in in unfortunately 2022 you know this is the day and age we live in right man get involved get involved in everything your kids do i get you want to give your kids a little bit of liberty right my kids are older than yours nige you know one of mine is a legal adult at this point but still like i'm active i want to know what's going on in their aspects of life because you never know especially when you got younger kids an 11 year old getting crank pictures by the janitor it's awful um, let's shift gears just a little bit and let's check in with America's battle against COVID-19. COVID-19. Oh, I swear that I mean at this moment. Three of them. There are three kind vaccines. There used to be. China piss off. Now Mondo, I want you to hit this solo. Come on, Mondo. Give it to us. Come on. Because of COVID-19. So the military is having a big problem right now with recruitment. And a lot of people who are currently enlisted in the military are about to leave or be dismissed because they did not want to get the mandatory COVID vaccination. So earlier today on Fox and Friends, uh, former Admiral John Kirby spoke with Brian Kilmeade of Fox, and they were discussing the military's recruitment shortages due to the COVID vaccine requirement. We all know that this vaccine does not address any of the variants we're currently experiencing. So therefore, there's minimal positive to getting it now, which is why you guys don't even talk about it, to invest in our people and train them and then dismiss them for experimental vaccine is folly when you can't recruit. Every one of your branches can't recruit their threshold, yet you're kicking out good men and women. How do you explain that? Well, look, Brian, first of all, the Navy did make their uh, recruiting goals for enlisted personnel this year. Yes, it's a tough recruiting environment. We recognize that. Uh, but it's also you have a requirement to be healthy, to be able to serve. And this is a valid military requirement. It's a, you really it's a think lawful so? order to get the vaccine. And, and look, even even if it doesn't prevent you from getting COVID, I'm double boosted. I got it myself here just the last That's your week decision. Or so. It, made, it makes the symptoms a lot less right. severe. It gets you back on, on duty. So it's uh, worth kicking out health, the healthiest people in our country who are already sacrificing. You're, it's worth kicking them out. 20,000 exactly. troops, Nige, could be dismissed. But the guy um, that Joe Biden personally called uh, to thank a Coast Guard rescue swimmer. 
uh, for saving lives for Hurricane Ian. And the guy talked to Biden, didn't mention the fact, though, that, yeah, he's getting ready to be released. He's getting ready to get kicked out of the Coast Guard because he's not vaccinated. He was the bigger man and took the call from the president, right? Ainsley Earhart, I believe, brought that up while they were still having their back and forth. But it's a valid military requirement. No, it, no, it isn't. This is an experimental vaccine that just came off right. the shelf. Right. Admiral, you are a military no. officer. You could talk sense into this right. White House. That, that vaccines are common for you. You can't even join the military without taking about a dozen or so vaccines to make sure that you're healthy so that you can you can contribute to the unit's success and readiness. We don't want to lose anybody to the vaccine. You're losing 20,000. Whether 20, they get the vaccine or not, we don't. But, but, Brian, you, you got to have a healthy force. This is a valid health requirement. Health is, is central to yes. our readiness for, as a military it's unit. Just, it, and you're not just, it's right, not just about you. We, we talked about this amazing hero who's in the Coast Guard, and he rescued someone who could potentially drown um, down there in the Fort Myers area. Yeah. And now he's that getting clothes. kicked out. Exactly. And so that's just, it's so hard as Americans to know that that person wouldn't be saved if he weren't working right now. Right. And in 30 to 60 days, he's going to be kicked out. So he saved life and all of these military men and women have saved so many lives over the course of their training so it's just really disheartening to see that for religious reasons when they don't get a vaccine they're going to get kicked out and and isn't it and what they didn't mention was that guy that they were talking about actually talked to joe biden biden was virtue signaling calling people to thank them uh, on the public stage and, the, the, and biden didn't even realize he was getting ready to be thrown out unbelievable what was this clickbait bullcrap about COVID that you sent to me in an email today? <laughs> I'm going to get you. You rotten, no Dude, good. I, hey, look, it was on. It was a link on Drudge. I stopped going to Drudge for a long time, especially during COVID because of all the COVID fear porn that was out there. Right. Drudge uh, was one of those guys that like, thought we were all going to die. And, and so today... Uh, on Drudge, brace yourself, new COVID symptom strikes first as latest wave threatens devastating winter. Boom, boom, boom. So I saw the link on Drudge. I'm like, whoa, what is going on? They're using words like brace yourself and COVID symptoms and you know wave threatens a devastating winter like when i hear that i think There's oh my no, god i'm no, not going to be able to breathe no no the new symptoms new symptoms of covid have taken over the old symptoms of uh fever and a uh, cough so i click on it and it turns out the new symptom is a sore throat oh come on that's it <laughs> a sore throat all the other symptoms like loss of taste and fever not so much anymore that's those aren't the main sy symptoms New symptom is sore throat. So the big story here <laughs> with this big clickbait headline, brace yourself, devastating winter, is that in December you might get a sore throat. <laughs> you don't say. Oh, they got me with that one. That piece of clickbait right oh. there. I swear to God, every I've had every symptom of COVID, and it just turns out it's a bad hangover every time I think I've got COVID. So my throat's scratchy. I sleep with the fan on. I do that. I, do, I have the window uh, open know, and a fan the, the on. The change of the weather, <laughs> uh, and all that crap. But you know what, though? There are people like Drudge and the people like we just heard, uh, Admiral Kirby. He's a weasel. They love this stuff. They want this thing to continue. They love the control. They love the fear porn. They love the narrative of it. The summer of 2020 the summer of COVID-19 was their favorite summer of all because 
everybody was on the even playing field. And that's when Hammer and Nigel Records wrote this song. I got my first real face mask <laughs> Bought it at my local Walgreens Did a lot of drinking cause Was the summer of COVID-19 <laughs> Come on, let's go! They took all my kids out of school E-learning sucks butt cheeks <laughs> Listening to Flip Flop and Fauci <laughs> Telling me to wait another two weeks <laughs> Let's go! Yeah. Standing six feet apart This summer seemed to last forever And then I lit a fart I was bored and it was now or never This is the worst year of my life There it is The Hammer and Nigel Show Halloween's creeping up on us here, Hammer Lots of kids out late uh, Pranking, TPing, soaping Egging is usually the tradition during this time of year, and also uh, ding-dong ditching. You ever heard of ding-dong ditch? It's where you ring the doorbell and just run off, yeah, right? Yeah, right. So this is actually kind of funny. This homeowner, this guy came out his front door at the same time a kid was about to ding-dong ditch, but it's kind of cool. Here's, here's what happened. Okay, I'll be back. Okay. All right. So... Something really funny is about to happen. Um, you know Lucas? I've heard of him. Yeah, he's making me ding dong ditch you at a way, otherwise I have to walk home. Yeah? So can I just pretend to ring it and then run? How about we do something better? Okay. How about you ding dong ditch it and you start running? Yeah, <laughs> you're chasing you. Yeah, okay, just, <laughs> just go now. Just go. No, you don't have to okay, Just yeah. go. Just go. Go! <laughs> so you see what he did? They worked out a plan. The homeowner played along. He caught the kid trying to ding dong ditch, <laughs> and instead of being a jerk about it, saying, "Hey, let's make it even better. If we're gonna do this. Let's make it real." Hey, get out of here! I ah! like it. I love the guy. I love that story. The way you just did that, it sounded like you were trying to shoo away a bear. <laughs> get out here! How? How? Yeah! Ah! Go ah! get! Go ah! get! <laughs> it was kind of an un- unofficial great moments in shooing away bear <laughs> history. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. I was talking to somebody the other day, Hammer, and they were they're a casual listener of the show. They're like, why are you guys talking about the midterms so much? Like, why do you care? Like, I live in Indiana. It's going to be Todd Young, the Senate. It doesn't really affect me. I'm like... Okay, are you kidding? It doesn't affect you? Like, like Dems want to change laws and pack the Supreme Court with radical judges. They want to take away your rights as gun owners. They want to defund the police. They love getting the worst defenders out of jail. They, they want to pass more oppressive climate change laws. So you see how one or two votes in the Senate are extremely important if you're anything other than a, a radical progressive. And, and plus, I also, I don't know about you, I think... Some of these guys are WWE characters at this point. <laughs> it's like watching Royal Rumble sometimes. Fetterman in Pennsylvania? Are you kidding me? He, the guy looks like me and you. He's together. the political version of King Kong Bundy. <laughs> is that is that a fair assessment, Mondo? Do I have that right? I'll allow it. <laughs> uh, wow. So so I so I think yeah, you damn well better be paying attention to what's happening in some of these other states uh, in terms of, of Senate races and in, in House, the House and uh, Senate, for sure. And we're not saying the folks on the other side are winners. 
And this brings us to Pennsylvania because you've got Dr. Oz against oh, Fetterman. Yeah. This is like trying to pick who do you want to play a benefit concert, Clay Aiken or Sir Mix-a-Lot? I'd pick Sir Mix-a-Lot. That's not even close. I'm with you. Um, so Fetterman <laughs> allegedly had been up double digits in the polls. But I heard Rob talking about this today on his program, Kendall and Casey. When you see midterm polls out June and July, that's nothing it's a yeah. nothing burger. It's a lot of these companies doing polling to kind of shape a narrative. But now it seems like things are really starting to get uh, a little tight. And Fetterman, this guy's a lunatic. Now, he had a stroke recently. And in no way am I making fun of his recovery from a stroke. But I think his health is a big issue at stake here. Because you're going to be expected to go to the Senate. And when you're on the floor and you're debating Ted Cruz or you're going at Rand Paul for some sort of bill that could come down to one or two votes here, you're going to have to be able to gonna, make it through. You're going to be able to be physically fit to do this job, not just mentally, but both mentally and physically fit to do this job. And Fetterman, this is a guy that loves to put bad guys back on the streets. Now, oh, in Pennsylvania, he's the lieutenant governor, so he gets sometimes the final vote on whether or not a violent inmate stays or goes. And during his time as the lieutenant governor, I'm going to play you some audio here. This is Fetterman saying that he's happy. He's ecstatic to release a first-degree murderer who stabbed a guy 26 times with garden shears and then tried to hire a cop to kill his accomplice. Oh. I'm happy that he's going to be going home to his family and that even if you're not moved by, again, the morality of having these folks go back home despite serving sentences that were in excess to what the crime was, um, a financial burden that, that's the longer on the state and taxpayers what what the guy do <laughs> he was happy to have him home but what was he accused of doing stabbed a man 26 times with garden Jeez. shears and then tried to hire a cop to kill his accomplice okay see i mean that's exactly what i was talking about at the at the beginning of the segment Oh, there's more. There's more. Fetterman was the lone vote to release this gang member convicted of first-degree murder for beating a 17-year-old to death with a baseball bat. Here's Kaylee McEnany on Fox Today. John Fetterman wants to eliminate open carry so you can't carry a gun. You're in a high-crime area. You want to protect your family. Your gun's gone. But he's the lone vote to commute a man's sentence who murdered a woman with a pair of scissors. He was convicted for that. This is just one example of many with John Fetterman. So the scissor guy who murders someone, he's free, but we're taking your gun. It makes absolutely no sense, and people realize that. It's not just John Fetterman, though. It's Mandela Barnes. You look at him, he's now trailing Ron Johnson because of the issue of crime. And her case right there, Nige, is exactly what you were talking about at the top of the hour. And what you said uh, about King Kong Bundy, I just typed it in. That is identical. <laughs> as, he said, as the prosecutor said in my cousin Vinny, identical to Fetterman. King Kong Bundy, type it in. The economy <laughs> is going to be the big issue uh, when people go to vote for the midterms. But I do believe the Republicans have something with crime. You look at what's happening in these big cities, including Indianapolis, around the country, there's a lot of people that are going to be voting out specific ideologies here. Even the 
analytics expert on CNN. It's a guy by the name of Harry Enton. He says that the Republicans, uh, they've got something here, and the Democrats are in trouble when it comes to crime. Crime is an issue that Republicans love to talk about. You see it in a ton of their ads. Why? Because which party do you trust more on crime? Look at that. Republicans at plus 23 points, plus 23 points over the Democrats versus abortion, where Democrats have a 17-point edge. Crime is basically the economy for Republicans. They love to be talking about the economy. They love to be talking about high inflation. They also love to be talking about crime. Democrats do not want to be in this ballpark. They want to be talking about abortion, which is the main focus of most of their ads. So the more that voters care about crime, the worse it is for Democrats. So one person's abortion is another person's crime, but both of those things are secondary compared to the economy. It's going to be economy, economy, economy when people go to vote here in about six weeks. Now, yeah, I mean, gas prices are through the roof again. I don't see any, you know, Biden was talking about all about that at one point. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. He was doing a victory lap on that a couple weeks ago. All of a sudden, it's crickets from the White House. (laughs) Uh, and, And Fetterman, this guy. Like, again, I understand he's coming off of a stroke, but this guy's not very bright. Like, could you imagine what it would be like to have a conversation with Joe Biden and Fetterman? <laughs> Can you imagine what that would sound like? I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. The Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. <laughs> Absolutely determined as Murph and and others are. What? And uh, it's not about kicking balls uh, in the authority or anything. What? (laughs) True international average pressure. And make sure you take advantage of this amazing opportunity to the only thing you have, Stan, to lose is your record. So the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you, uh, you know, um, like to be able to. Anyway, what is wrong with demanding for an easy, oh my. safe kind of wow. their income, a path to a safe place for them to win? Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. Oh, that, was, that was all painful. All painful and all real. We doctored none of that audio. That's all real. That's Fetterman, what it would be like him having a conversation with Joe Biden. What did you think about Herschel Walker? Because he's had a rough 48 hours. I've said from the beginning, I think he was a flawed candidate to begin with. He was great in football, and that does carry a lot of weight in Georgia, SEC country. Uh, But much like Dr. Oz, the Republicans picked a flawed candidate, and now his own son is coming out and flaming him on social media. Son's flaming him as an absent dad. There's this stuff about him being so he's he's going up against Warnock for the, right. the Senate seat there in Georgia, and so this this stuff about how he is an anti-abortion absolutist, but yet he paid for one in 2009 which i look all this i have no idea if it's true or not it's an anonymous accusation from this woman in 2009 she said she's got the quote receipts 
Uh, boy, talk about an October surprise. And all this is because Herschel Walker is winning in Georgia right now, and Warnock is flailing. Um, but I mean, if it's true, I don't like the yeah, I don't like the hypocrisy. If it's true, I, I'll call the Democrats out on their hypocrisy when it happens. And I'll call you know, you, you get a finger wag on something. Make sure you're not guilty of doing the same thing yourself. That being said, I don't know if it's true or not, and I don't think it matters in the turn in, in the sense of his uh, in his campaign. I think he's still going to win. It's going to be close. I think Georgia is going to be real close. Pennsylvania is going to be real close. But the Republicans have a legit puncher's chance in some states that they normally don't. Nevada is in play for the Republicans here. So, again, this is why you living in Indiana should care about what's happening around the country with these midterm elections. Uh, and happier news, Nige, it's National Taco Day today. Mm-hmm. National Taco okay. Day. Here to celebrate is Dr. Jill Biden comparing the... <laughs> The Latino population of San Antonio to breakfast tacos. As distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, Bogodas. as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio, <laughs> is your strength. Wow. So again, that's know. Dr. Jill calling a Latino community in San Antonio breakfast tacos. Would you, you, if you're trying to compare a certain segment of the population to food, let's say you're in a room full of Latinos, would you, would you maybe choose a different food, maybe something somewhat different than tacos? Yeah, I have to learn from that tweet Donald Trump put out on Cinco de Mayo, where he's eating a taco bowl at Trump Tower. <laughs> I love Hispanics. <laughs> you have to learn from that of what not to do. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's just awkward. And by the way, Bo, what did she say for Bodega? Bogadas Bo- of the Bo- <laughs> Bogadas. That's Dr. Jill, ladies and gentlemen. All uh, right. It's a learned um, doctor. Matt Bear, I'm looking at the uh, date on today. It's October 4th. 10-4, which is National CB Radio Day as well. It's oh. National Taco Day and it's National CB Radio Day. 10-4, good buddy. So, Kyle, kill this music. Uh-oh. If you're up to it, Matt. <laughs> let's do a little smoky in the band yeah, really? traffic, my friend. All right, let's... Uh... All right, 10-4, hope you got your ears on, Hammer. Southbound 465, slow on the big slab between Brookville Road and 74. Rubber duck napping in the right lane, southeast, <laughs> southbound, tangling at Yardstick, 8.3, Kentucky Avenue, driving way slower than the double nickel, back to 70. <laughs> Tipton, US 31, closed at 28, fixing the tracks until supper bucket time. With all this traffic, <laughs> I got to say, what in the hell is this world coming to? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, right. I love it, man. Traffic sponsored it. by B Window. Right now, get a $2,000 energy savings credit plus sale prices on energy efficient B Window sidings and doors. No payment or no interest for up to 24 months. That's Faber's B Window. I'm Matt Bear, son of a bitch. Follow us on Twitter <laughs> at WIBC Traffic. And that's why Matt Bear is the best damn traffic reporter in Indianapolis, right there. there we is. put him on the spot. We oh. made him do Smokey and the Bandit traffic, and he delivered. It's baby. so fun. Uh, 74 right now at the American Standard Cooling Weather Center. Is this anything next? Hammer and Nigel presents. Is this anything? 
It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I'll run a story or two by you. You break down all the information that's been presented, and then you give us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? Yeah, let's do it. So last night during the Monday night football game, the Rams and the 49ers, some protester ran on the field, took his shirt off. Uh, he had something on his chest, pink on his chest. He had some sort of smoking candle he was running around smoke with. Smoke bomb, yeah. Was, I think it was animal rights. And that's, that's, that's what it was. So he gets on the field, and he starts running around. He's getting away from security. He gets close to the Rams bench. And at that point, Rams all-pro linebacker Bobby Wagner just absolutely <laughs> spears this dude and takes him down. This is what it sounded like with Joe Buck on the air. Fan is on the field, so we'll have a bit of a stoppage. And now some of the Rams players get involved. And uh, Bobby Wagner had had enough. He just took Ow. the fan down. I just saw somebody running on the field, and he looked like he wasn't supposed to be on the field. So I saw security was having a little problem, so I helped him out. So this guy runs in front of the Rams bench. Yeah, this is something for sure. He runs in front of the Rams bench. He's a protester, animal rights, got this pink smoke bomb. And then I think it was there were two guys. It was the defensive end. McKinley kind of chased him directly into the path of uh, what's his name, Wagner. Yeah, and he just leveled him. And people were, it's unfortunate <laughs> that was the hit of the game for those guys. It was six million people have viewed this so far. By the way, I don't know why ESPN. Like, if you were watching the the broadcast on ESPN, they didn't show it. They never show sometimes the most interesting parts of the game <laughs> right which is streak he's not a streaker but i guess he was streaking i guess streaker means like you're you're naked right right okay for There's me a, a streaker means no underpants so this guy was running across the field he did have pants on uh fortunately or unfortunately depending on if you were being entertained <laughs> and then it was joe buck on the call there people why do people give joe buck such a hard time like, Joe I'd Buck like and Nickelback are the two people right. that catch more hell from, you know, just the casual observers than anybody else. And and so now, that being said, the Hammer Nigel show uh, featuring Joe Buck's infamous call when Randy Moss fake mooned the crowd at Lambeau Field. Here is Nickel Buck. Never made it as a wise man. I couldn't cut it as a poor man's I wish I knew which was longer, three-eighths or... You played in the NFL. What's longer, a half or five eighths? Or uh, five eighths is a little longer there, Joe. <laughs> this is how you remind me of what I really am. That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss, and it's unfortunate that we had that on our air live. That is disgusting by Randy Moss. This is how straight inside 40 yards and you can't blame the announcer on that one folks i waited till after the miss uh, no we're gonna blame you <laughs> i don't know what's bigger five eights or a half it's a gentleman nickel buck by the way and honestly the randy moss thing wasn't bad he, he didn't take his bare ass out and moon the crowd he just kind of faked it you know was there a guy right. that pretended to poop out a football 
Or am I imagining that? Oh, that's me when I play football with my kids. That's my touchdown celebration. If we're playing backyard that's football, what I'm of. that's what I do. I, I squat down, I drop the football right behind my butt cheeks, and that's my celebration. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Already fired up for a night with WIBC. That date is creeping up on us. Uh, you and I and uh, Mondo are all kind of uh, coming up with some uh, things to do here behind the scenes. Uh, nothing we could talk about on the air. I guess we'll have to <laughs> buy a ticket. Again, those tickets selling very quickly for a night with WIBC. This will be our third third one of these, right? Right. We had to take a break during COVID. I still say we could have done it. Uh, but uh, this is uh, happening at Butler at the end of this month. This is the first time we've done it uh, at Butler at the Schrott Center for the Arts. It's a bigger venue than we've had in the past because, man, this event sold out so quickly. The first two times we did it, we said we got to get a bigger venue. Now, I haven't seen the ticket total today, but as of yesterday, we were just under 200 tickets left. Okay. So if you want to have a great night out, it's Thursday night. October 27th, uh, right before the midterms, October 27th, 7.30 p.m. on Butler's campus. You're going to be in a crowd of a bunch of fun, rowdy, for the most part, like-minded people, and we're going to have a good time. So buy your tickets today. Uh, you can go to Ticketmaster.com. Just search WIBC. You'll find it. We've also got it posted on our social media pinned at the top, uh, Facebook and Twitter. Just look for at Hammer and Nigel. Uh, all of your favorite hosts, Tony and Rob and Casey and us. Guy Relford's going to be there. Mondo, Matt Bear. We're going to be on the stage doing a big Q&A. We're talking politics. We're talking midterms. We're going to say the things that, truth be told, we can't really get away with saying on the radio at this live event. I'm so excited. We're going to do some things. Yes. <laughs> yes, we Not are. Not only say some things, but uh, God willing. Uh, the last time we had this yeah. event, you dressed up as Joe Biden, I believe, <laughs> and, and wet myself, actually, <laughs> with my pants around my ankles. Uh, so, man, we're doing yeah. this for you guys. It's a fun night. Tickets go fast. This thing sells out every single time we do it. Under 200 tickets left. Ticketmaster.com. Oh, and by the way, I've had people send me messages saying, well, what if I have special needs? I'm in a wheelchair. What if I need special needs? All the seats are general admission, so just buy your ticket, and they will accommodate you once you get to the venue. Let's let's not tell management about the um, that last thing we were discussing before the show started. Oh no, maybe, maybe no, 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 no. That's that's going to be uh, perform first, then ask forgiveness later. Right. <laughs> That's something like, oh, we decided not to do that yeah. during rehearsal, and then we totally do it during <laughs> yeah. the show, during the live show. Uh, again, night with WIBC. Thank you to Relay Indiana. They do so much for the community, and uh, they are proud sponsors of this event. Uh, more fallout from Hurricane Ian, and Nige's the uncomfortable, real reality of what's going on in Florida is that... Some areas are total devastation, and because of the economy we're in right now with inflation rates, it's going to be really hard for some of these people who have to start completely all over from oh, scratch. Oh, yeah, they have nothing. 
Uh, some of those guys, some of those people, um, men and women down there, kids, families, just are, are left with uh, complete devastation and literally nothing. Their homes have been flattened. Joe Biden visited Puerto Rico yesterday, and he said that he was raised in a Puerto Rican community politically, and that Puerto Rico is under the jurisdiction of the Third Circuit Court of Appeals, which is completely not true and false. I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home politically. And so we, and we came here for a long time, uh, both for business and pleasure, since you're part of the Third Circuit Court. No, that's what, not true. What is, what is being, what does that mean, being raised in a Puerto Rican community politically? What does that even mean? Nigel, stop, uh, stop. Stop so, trying so, to make sense of Joe Biden. What was he doing? <laughs> what was he doing? Was he surveying the damage in Puerto Rico first? Correct. Because I guess they got hit the week before. I, I just, I think it's, does, it, does that strike you odd at all that, that, that he goes to Puerto Rico? Look, I, I mean, Florida, I guess, can wait till tomorrow. He's going to be apparently. in Florida tomorrow. Uh, I, mean, but, I know it's a U.S. territory, but Southwest Florida was, like you said at the beginning of the segment, just... just uh, a complete and utter devastation. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's because DeSantis was down there serving at the same time. Maybe he didn't want to be down there at the same time as DeSantis while he's... I just, I, I think, I don't know. It's, the timing was just weird of going to going to Puerto Rico first and then going to Southwest Florida here later this week. I, maybe I know, he feels strange. like Florida has... You know, a good grasp on how to fix this problem as to where maybe Puerto Rico doesn't. I don't know. I'm not going to try to make sense of Joe Biden either, <laughs> uh, but he will be in Florida tomorrow. Now, a fire <sighs> marshal, a fire official in Florida says that alligators and snakes are now swarming around these unlivable homes that have been <sighs> ravaged by the hurricane. And there was one guy. His name was Dominic Camerata. He captured this amazing video that went viral. I thought it was fake when yeah, I first I saw too. it. Turns out it's legit. The shark swimming around a neighbor's flooded yard. He took the video. It's gone viral. And when did we have uh, the expert on, Mark Herrera, talking about what's going on in Florida? Oh, Mark Herrera, is, uh, we had him on Friday. Uh, we talked to him um, about... You know, he's a seasoned law enforcement expert that is uh, trained emergency response people in, in extreme situations. So he knows his stuff when it comes to what they're going through down there in terms of recovery and rescue efforts after a hurricane. And to me, the best part of that conversation, the most eye-opening, rather, was when he's talking about the wildlife being displaced, yes. the chemicals in the water, and the currents that create a hazard for this water that's now washed ashore on Florida. You got to know that there's wildlife in Florida, right? And we, and we know the type of wildlife that's in Florida as well. Man, so if you're I didn't wading even think in those waters, that. think about it. Yeah. A lot of that wildlife, wow. alligators have been displaced. A lot of things have been displaced. I mentioned wildlife just a little bit ago. The alligators alone and all your wildlife has been displaced and moved. Typically, they start preparing themselves and going to higher ground as the storm comes in. But you have wildlife. You do have chemicals, right? So a lot of these plants and places that, are, that have, have had chemicals, keep in mind that all that's in the water. Keep in mind that you have electrical lines that are under underground, that are, that are, that are uh, submerged underwater. So if you're walking in these places and you don't have the right equipment, guess what? You're gonna, you could encounter wildlife, you could en encounter biological chemicals, things that could be hazardous or caustic to your health, 
and you could also encounter uh, you know electrical current so those are things you've got got to be aware of not to mention running water that can actually sweep you away as well all the things you have to worry about when you're a first responder especially in that in that climate where there's still floodwaters and there's a, a huge risk of drowning or being washed away all the stuff you have to worry about down power lines you gotta worry about your damn hand getting bit off by an alligator full chubbs peterson experience yeah. it's a thing right now in florida i just retweeted the uh, the shark uh, making it landfall in the streets of Fort Myers, Florida, after the hurricane. There is a great story of survival that came out of this. This one guy survived by floating on his couch for close to three hours when the water rose inside of his home. Yeah. This is a guy by the name of David Dean talking about his amazing story of survival. The water level came up through the ductwork. I was forced to cling to that rose-colored leather sofa. My head was slightly above those ceiling fan blades, and I was just holding onto the sofa, bobbing in the water, breathing for air, maybe 18 inches from the ceiling, and that's where I stayed for probably two and a half, three quarters of an hour. Everything started to recede. The water started to recede, and I felt as though I had made it this far, that the Lord brought me through this this far, that if he was going to take me out, I, I would have been gone by then. Uh, he was, wait a minute, so he was hanging onto his couch, the, and he didn't, he didn't leave his house. He stayed in his house, and the water was so high, he was basically up to the ceiling, touching his ceiling fan, gasping for air for an hour. Just about dude. a little bit over a foot away from oh, the ceiling. dude, that... Yeah, he's lucky to be alive. And, you know, certain things run through your mind when you hear stories like that. Oh, man, why didn't you evacuate? Why didn't you get out of there? It's like some sometimes people have nowhere else to go. They're going to hunker down, whatever. And and thank God he survived. But, I, you know, th there's always movies like that where people are trapped underwater and they're like grasping, gasping for air with just like a little bit of uh, right. space between wherever they're at, like the top of the boat that's capsized and that, that little pocket of air. That, oh, that creeps me out. That would be the worst way to go. 18 inches from the ceiling, bobbing up and down on your couch, which is floating in the water. That's unbelievable. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. You know, Hammer, I tend to identify with the uh, immortal words of the almighty George Costanza from Seinfeld when he said, it became very clear to me that every decision I've made in my entire life has been wrong. <laughs> my life is the complete opposite of everything I want it to be. Uh, George Costanza from Seinfeld. Now, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I think we're lucky to be where we're at. I'm, I'm a great life great family but there is new research on people and the decisions they make in their lives and they look back and what they regret the average american according to this new research estimates uh the average american has made four wrong major decisions in their life major decisions yes we're major. not talking about picking the chicken over the fish or something like that like at a dinner we're talking about big time life-changing events i sent this to uh, a, a guy i work with and he he just wrote back yeah every one of mine involved women <laughs> <laughs> so so can you think and, and mondo you be thinking our producer real quick here so the average american estimates that they have four 
m- wrong major decisions in their life, 31% said they've made even more. Anything stick out to you? Um, said, oh, boy, I screwed that one up. I wish I could have that one back, and that was a life decision. Party too hard in college and got into debt. Um, you know, I would have done things completely differently. Uh, Mondo? I wish I would have wrestled in my 20s instead of starting in my 30s. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know you started in your 30s. I thought you've been doing this like your whole life. No, no. I've only been wrestling for four years. So that was. That's it? I'm 36 now. So, yeah. I probably should have started a little bit sooner in my life. My body is telling me that every single day. All right. Especially when somebody hits you with not one, not two, (laughs) but three chair shots. To be fair. It was hammer. It was really fun. Like, I really enjoyed hitting you with that chair. Like, when we got done doing that, uh, Nigel texted me. I was like, how was it? And my response was, I hit the bleep out of Mondo. I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed it, too. Stupid gorilla. I think it was the, um, maybe I would look back. You mentioned earlier I worked as a rock DJ in Austin, Texas for two years. It was afternoon drive. It was the best gig, one of the best gigs I've ever had up until now. But it was like 2008, 2009. And uh, my wife had her old job back in Indy, and I, I, I thought, uh, you know, I could just quit my job there and move back and get back on the radio here just like that. Well, it turned out nobody remembered that I'd left and nobody cared that I came back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, maybe I could have probably done that a little bit differently in terms of my career. Up until then, it was more like the most I'd ever gotten paid. Uh, we were living downtown Austin. I was working like three or four hours a day. The liberal Laskowski's living it up down <laughs> in right. Austin. I didn't even have a sense. I think the Tea Party came down there. Uh, uh, the, the, the beginnings of the Tea Party uh, were down there, um, and I went to go see that a couple of times. But probably in terms of the way I went about making the decision to come back here, and then it turns – you know, I had to fight and scratch and claw my way back to to where we are now, which I'm fortunate. It turns out it all worked out, but maybe it was ill-advised the way I just kind of picked up and left. Yeah. You know, that again, turned out, holy crap. Right. It could, turned out better than I could have ever hoped, but boy, for a few years there, I was really in bad shape were you like depressed or were you just like were you drinking more than you normally do no i drink more now <laughs> okay uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, during the show that. actually <laughs> mountain dew right now ladies and gentlemen but that's about to change um, um somebody sent us a message on uh, i think it was twitter earlier uh we were talking about a night with wibc quote i can't wait to drink with you mfers <laughs> <laughs> Well, buy one of those VIP tickets and... uh, I'm going to have to get an Uber back from Butler (laughs) and have my wife take me to the campus the next day to pick up my car. You're going to hear the news the next day, like John Herrick's going to be doing the news in the morning. (laughs) A pantsless man was found at Hinkle Fieldhouse. (laughs) Nigel Laskowski, an employee of Radio 1, I'm John Uh. Herrick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's going to be a fun night, man telling you uh, it's what I'm did not, we sell how many have we we've we've sold a bunch already they're, they're right quickly. so it's it's double the size of what we normally do so this is gonna be a fun rowdy crowd as of yesterday and again i haven't seen the totals for today but there were under 200 tickets left yeah. 
That's right. So, again, if you want to go, don't wait. Because if you keep waiting, you're going to miss out. Uh, Ticketmaster.com, search for WIBC, or go to our social media pages. I think we've got it pinned at the top on Facebook and Twitter. And, again, shout out Relay Indiana, the absolute best. When we come back, we've got the biggest stories of the day. And is it back on? Is Elon Musk ready to change no Twitter? Way. No way. We've got an update next. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock Well, we never thought it would get to this point, did we? All this talk, all these months, Elon Musk, owner, uh, CEO of Tesla and SpaceX, uh, put in an offer to buy Twitter. I wonder if he expected it to get this far, Hammer. I wonder if at some point he said, yeah, maybe I should have done that. And that's why he tried to get out of it. We haven't heard anything about Elon Musk in Twitter over the past couple of weeks, have we? No. And a friend of the show, Alex Berenson, who comes on with us from time to time, put out a pretty interesting tweet about a week and a half ago where he says, if you've noticed, it's gotten really quiet about Elon and Twitter. Basically hinting that there could be something in the works. And he was right, because it appears to be a settlement. And I guess you could call it a settlement, because Elon Musk is is buying Twitter for what he originally proposed, 5420 That's the individual stock. And yeah. then $44 billion, I yeah. think, was the grand total here. I mean, the, the stock price alone that he offered, 5420 making a weed joke, had me thinking, oh, this guy isn't serious. And it turns out after a bunch of controversy, uh, the Twitter board like realized it had a duty to its, its stockholders and said, all right, we accept. And then Elon Musk was like, wait, 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 there's too many bots on the platform. There's too many bots. I'm backing out. And so some people thought that was like trying him, you know, him trying to renegotiate the deal. Lower the price. Lower the price. Didn't ha exactly happen that way, Hammer. Now, we don't necessarily know exactly how it happened. I don't know what type of... Other things are in place here, perks or kickbacks for Elon Musk, how this all went down. But they were scheduled to go to trial here in the next week or so. Oh, well, that's it. That's it. If they're scheduled a civil trial in, in, in less than a couple of weeks, it's called a deposition. I bet Elon Musk wanted nothing to do with that de deposition. Didn't want to go through the deposition. That's you just called it right there but at the same time the fact that everything was so quiet i'm wondering what else is on the table here yes elon musk bought it at the price and maybe it was just a simple matter of the deposition coming up but i wonder if he had some other backers if there's some sort of deal wheeling dealing type of thing taking place i don't know we don't know there, that information there's yet. a great tweet from tim pool who is a uh, independent journalist he's got a huge following in a giant podcast and uh his tweet earlier today said quote conspiracy theory elon's feud tanks the twitter stock which it did uh twitter stock went down elon's friends buy stock up at a discount rate elon then abruptly agrees to buy elon's friends retain their shares and deal to take twitter private reducing elon's total liability 
a conspiracy theory from uh, Tim Pool. Okay. I like that one. I wish I was. I wish I would have come up with that one. <laughs> I think it's probably more simple than that. I think it's the civil suit. The, the he didn't want to go through a deposition, and he was trying to re- renegotiate his price, and, but the board of Twitter wasn't budging. It was like the scene in Footloose: Kevin Bacon on one tractor and Elon Musk on the other. <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk jumped off. Listen, <laughs> we had to swerve. I'm excited for it, though, because if Elon Musk is the guy in charge here, um, stories and situations like what happened during the last presidential election won't happen on Twitter anymore. At least he claims they're not. The Hunter Biden suppression stuff. This is why Elon Musk got in, right? This is what he wanted to do. He wanted to make sure everybody had a voice and there wasn't going to be any suppression of stories. So basically... If you're Peter Strzok, if you're Lincoln Lion, James Comey, you've got to be standing there right now, and Elon Musk is walking right up to you in your face and doing this. Look at me. Sure. I'm the captain now. <laughs> I'm the captain now. Look at me. I was wondering what I'm that the was. captain I'm now. I'm the captain. Is that uh, Captain Phillips? Is that yes, it was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, gas prices, mm-hmm. we mentioned this earlier, Nige, going up and up. I was driving my youngest to a, a workout this morning before school, and, and I'm driving in. I just kind of look over at the gas marquee, and I do one of those double takes like you would see in a movie. It's like, damn, that's substantially higher than the last time I looked at that. Yeah, it turns out Biden dipping into the strategic uh, petroleum reserves didn't do d- uh, Ooh, squat. Almost, almost. Didn't do squat. <laughs> Average price a gallon in L.A. County right now? 646 that's in la that's in la <laughs> i mean it's up above four bucks uh here in in indy yeah for sure and it's crickets from the white house all of the sudden hammer now that's weird because that old grandpa joe he was all about doing a victory lap on lowering those gas prices it was tweet after tweet it was statement after statement and now that they're going back up again you don't hear as much from uh hair sniff mcgee Mm. do you let's go back a couple months this was a very uh cocky joe biden on the gas prices so for all those republicans in congress criticizing me today for high gas prices in america Are you now saying we were wrong to support Ukraine? Are you saying we were wrong to stand up to Putin? Are you saying that we would rather have lower gas prices in America and Putin's iron fist in Europe? Kind of. I mean, let's be honest here. There are ways that you can deal with Putin and also not tank your economy. Yeah, we're just, uh, he just announced today they were given another half a billion dollars. Oh, sure. $630 million, I think, more to Ukraine. Another aid package there's Um, no way Zelensky wants this thing to end look at all the money he is getting from the west Zelensky loves this because now his group is actually fighting back you've got uh the story from Russia where Putin's trying to fire all the fatties and drunks from the military (laughs) and all of this money keeps going into Ukraine and keep in mind Ukraine doesn't even really like the United States. Well, it turns out the investment they made in Hunter Biden back when his old man was a VP uh, turned out to be worth it. Uh, one of your favorite guys that's involved in that story, Nige, is going to be on Tucker tonight. Bobolinsky! Bobolinsky! Bobolinsky is going to be back on uh, Tucker tonight. Partner? Yeah. Yes. 
He was the one that told us about the, quote, big guy getting his cut. Um, Have you seen this video? I think it was actually on The Daily Show on Comedy Central. A rare piece of comedy that came out of something Trevor Noah has been involved in. This was (laughs) done last night. So Kamala Harris and her word salads, her stupid speeches that don't make any sense where she just repeats herself over and over again. They kind of mashed that up with Selena Mayer from the TV show, Meyer from the TV show V. Yeah, Julia Louise Dreyfus' character. I love that. I mean, it's hilarious hilarious show on hbo say what you want about her politics or whatever veep is hilarious and she's kind of a a looney tunes type of character in that in that show so take a listen to this the speeches and the style the cadence (laughs) pretty much on point my fellow americans words have many meanings and sometimes instead of conveying our meaning they can suggest other meanings when we talk about the children of the community They are the children of the community. Well, we are the United States of America because we are united. And we are states. Um, Talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time. Whatever we have in store cannot be known. The past was once the future. The future is, I should say, unknown. We gotta take this stuff seriously, as seriously as you are, because you have been forced to have to take it seriously. seriously. Obesity is a serious disease, and it needs to be taken seriously. You need to get to go, and need to be able to get where you need to go to do the work and get home. I hope that clarifies the issue, and this can be the last word on those words. Certain issues are just settled. Clearly we're not. No, that's right, and that's why I do believe that we are living, sadly, in um, real unsettled times. <laughs> that was fantastic. Well done. Well oh, done. wow. They sound like the same person. They are the same person. <laughs> now, I would say Julia Louise Dreyfus' character is smarter. And the Selena Myers is much smarter. Cherry on top of the Sunday is how liberal Julia Louis Dreyfus is. That has to drive her nuts. Oh, she's super lib. She was one of the hosts of the DNC virtual convention the last time That's around. Right, yeah. Unbelievable. That's so good. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. It's kind of funny what people people get excited about. Like, you know, people, this this thing about hefty, the garbage bag people, they started selling pumpkin spice scented trash bags, and they're already basically sold out. Hmm. Like, people just get nutty over the weirdest, like the Mexican pizza. Like, they announced, Taco Bell announced that Mexican pizza was coming back, but then it was gone in 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 a day. Right. Couldn't find him. Trust me. And now me, it's back you again. Know. You know, it's, 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 for me, it was personal <laughs> because they should have taken it away in the first place. And I felt like yeah. it was a marketing ploy all along, all along from those rotten, no good nicks at Taco Bell. It's like, we got to get out. Oh my God. We got to create that. So, I mean, with this pumpkin spice stuff. Is this pumpkin spice still like a thing? Like, it feels like for the last five years, pumpkin spice season starts earlier and earlier. Are people as cuckoo for it as they used to be? Yeah, my wife is. Mondo, you're a pumpkin spice yeah, fan. Oh, yeah. Is. Pumpkin spice for life. <laughs> Good P- Lord. PSL, as he calls it, from Starbucks. PSL, that's what the cool kids say. 
So if you were looking at a couple different trash bags in the store, Nige, one of them was regular trash bag, no scent to it. The other one was pumpkin spice. Does that make you pick up the pumpkin spice one? No. Uh, no. I and people, this is so stupid. They, they were selling for $6 a box, which is high anyway with inflation, and they're trying to get $100 for them on eBay. Reselling trash bags for $100 because they smell like pumpkin spice. Now, there's a lot of crap on eBay. Somebody tried to sell a Ooh. Ziploc bag of air from the game that Aaron Judge hit a 61st home run. <laughs> they took a picture of themselves no, at the game it. with, like, air no. in a Ziploc bag with a date on it. <laughs> how much is that? Do you know how much they They were asking it? for 120 Well, God bless them if they get it. And if they do... We do truly live in the greatest <laughs> country on earth. A Ziploc uh, bag of air <laughs> from the Aaron Judge game where he just tied Roger Maris's well, For God's sake, record. there was that girl that was selling her farts on eBay. Yes. Uh, right? Yes. Uh, it was on some platform that she was literally uh, breaking wind into a jar. Like and a canning <laughs> jar. <laughs> like the ball canning jars with a fart inside. Yeah. Again, um, you know, capitalism. I love it. <laughs> uh, not to be outdone in a pumpkin spice and capitalism conversation, the fine folks at Kraft, they are breaking out pumpkin spice mac and cheese. Kraft introduces pumpkin spice mac and cheese. <laughs> the original taste you love with added pumpkin spice. Oh. Try Kraft shrimp scampi with pumpkin spice linguine. Oh. Or craft vegetarian pumpkin spice lasagna. <laughs> Instead oh, of meat, a layer of spiced pumpkin. All coming soon with the new pumpkin spice mac and cheese. By the third forkful, you'll you'll feel like you've had enough pumpkin <laughs> spice <laughs> from craft. <laughs> That's. You get awfully close to uh -oh. some sort of gag reflex from me here with that bit. Why? What was it about that one? The, the there sounds, was no boogers. That, there was no snot. That, there was no flies. No, but that guttural with this noise and just the thought of lasagna. No, wait Pumpkins. a minute. Mondo does that every day in studio, <laughs> and you can hear his stupid jaw snap when he does oh, it. How man. were you fine I don't know. I was, I was triggered. What do you? I can't explain it. The Austin in you is coming back. That's what the it is. Austin. The Austin in you is triggered. Oh, <laughs> I would totally eat pumpkin spice is, mac and cheese. That, that sounds delicious. That whole bit, and you fooled me. I thought Kraft really was coming out with pumpkin spice. <laughs> I know. I got mac excited. Mac and cheese. I, 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 but the, the, the noises that that guy was making with his mouth. Uh, I'm going to take a drink of beer. Excuse me. There is pumpkin spice spam. Now, that's a real thing. That's not something from like Hammer and Nigel products here. I like pumpkin pie. Why do you load it on Thanksgiving with, with some cool whip, of course. But yeah, it's going to get out of hand when, when, when they're selling $6 boxes of hefty trash bags with the pumpkin spice scent for $100 on eBay. And then obviously they're doing that because somebody's buying it. That's the market. <laughs> Raymond just tweets at us, at Hammer and Nigel, uh, idea for a night with WIBC, pumpkin spice latte enema for Mondo. <laughs> okay. Wait, 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 we're supposed to, we're giving our producer an enema on stage? Sure. 
Oh, pumpkin <laughs> yeah, spice see now. Me puke. Yeah, as long as <laughs> as long as it's pumpkin spice flavored, I'm in. Right, right. Just get the big tube we use for the beer bong in the back and just bring it up here. And we'll stick it up Mondo's can. And <laughs> By the way, do you guys do the same thing I do with pumpkin uh, pumpkin pie? To where you get a pretty good piece of pie, but the amount of Cool Whip that's on top of that thing is like embarrassing. Like the amount of yeah, whipped just cream said that's I on overloaded, man. I mean, that's the only way to do it. Going back to my days of my late grandma Lather, man, she would just—I mean, she'd have multiple uh, uh, plastic containers of Cool Whip from the grocery store because she knew I used a lot. Oh man, it's got to be Cool Whip too. None of this Ready Whip BS. Ready Whip is a little thicker than the Cool Whip. I can go both directions. I prefer prefer Cool Whip, as, as Stewie would say on Family Guy, Cool Whip. <laughs> But I can go ready whip. Like if somebody comes over and says, "Hey, all we have is ready whip. Uh, are you? Do you want some or not?" Absolutely. Yeah, I agree Re- with that. I mean, that's you know the scene in the goon in, in in the Goonies when Chunk opens up the refrigerator door. He goes, "Oh, I'm so depressed." After they you know they sell the goondocks and then he just pours the ready whip into his mouth. I've done that before. Right, and plus when you open up a fresh can of ready whip, you can do a whip it with it. I, was, I knew you were gonna. I was. I've never done whippets. I don't know what that means. That's where you Is get that, like the the, uh, the the initial gas or whatever that comes out of the, the right, nozzle. The uh, nitrous oxide whatever it is yes it kind of gives you that little quick buzz quick little brain freeze absolutely um mondo hit me with some halloween stuff pumpkins (laughs) candy (laughs) costumes Ah! halloween stuff so in this survey on halloween attractions 17 percent have a corn maze available. 16% have an indoor walkthrough. What are you talking about attractions? Are you talking about haunted houses and stuff like that? Right. Haunted houses, haunted hay rides, haunted oh. you know, fields, whatever. 17% have a corn maze. Okay. 16% have some sort of indoor walkthrough, like a haunted house. Yeah. 15% offer an outdoor walkthrough. And most of these charge anywhere from 21 to 30 bucks. Which brings me to a conversation I had with my youngest today, Nige. Tell me if I failed as a parent. Hay rides, by the way. Hay rides, too. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. They used yeah. to do the haunted hay rides over sure. on Hannah. It was oh, yeah. awesome. You've, so, I'm sorry. Back to you failing as a parent. Yes. My youngest <laughs> in the car this morning says he's never been to a haunted house before. Wow. He's a freshman in high school. He's 15 years old. We were talking about Halloween stuff. And he's like, you know what? I've never been to a haunted house. I don't know if I would like it or not. Interesting. I used to go all the time when I was a kid. I mean, they obviously are still popular, aren't they? Sure. Sure you make a are. lot of money doing that this time of year. Um, yeah. You're, were you a big haunted house guy, though? Yeah, like, back in the day, sure, I wanted to. I, I loved it. I thought they were cool. Man, I okay. never really got into the whole concept of some dude's going to jump out of a dark corner <laughs> and just scare the hell out of me. The fake chain with a chainsaw with no chain on it. Right. Like, you didn't know if it really had a chain on it or not. And a fake oh. knife, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And just being scared for the sake of being scared never really moved the needle for me. Not really my thing, but I kind of feel like I got to take the Jakester to a haunted house, though, if nah, he's never you have been. To. Yeah, you got to take the whole family. Yeah, let's uh, do that, document it, and report back. All right, will do. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. 
My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. The new poll from IndiePolitics.org. That's our very own Abdul Akeem Shabazz's website that he writes for, produces content for. Did a poll, right? Got a poll of the Marion County uh, prosecutors race. Get those numbers there. 300 likely voters were part of this poll, uh, voters in Marion County. And it shows that Ryan Mears has a commanding lead on Cindy Carrasco in the race for the prosecutor, uh, basically up about uh, 20% with 19% undecided here oh. in Marion County. Okay, so it's does that mean it's neck and neck? Um, I wouldn't. Say that it's neck and neck. I think Ryan Mears has a commanding lead because not everybody that's undecided is going to jump on the side of Cindy Carrasco, I believe, especially with as many Democrats that are here in Marion County. That's a good point. So but. when it gets broken down here, when you look at the independents, those who say they're independent in Marion County, uh, Mears has a lead on that one, 37% to 28%. Now, this whole poll has a uh, margin of error of 5.6%, one way or the other. So if you're Ryan Mears, you are bad at your job, but you're still cruising, according to Abdul's poll right here. You're up by about 20%. And this isn't a Twitter poll either. This isn't like an unscientific. I mean, he's got he's got pollsters. He's got people to do this. He's got to write checks for people uh, to conduct these polls. Right. Um, but. I mean, we'll see what happens in November. I, I look at it that as, you know, 37% to 28%. Yeah, it's a big lead, but... That's just uh, oh, I'm the sorry. independents. That's the independents. I'm sorry. 51 to 31. Yeah, that's a big lead, but 19% undecided that that could go either way, and we'll see in November for sure. I couldn't imagine anybody living in Marion County that's halfway paying attention to the crime uh, in this city looking at Ryan Mears and the job he's done and saying, oh, yeah, job well done. Thumbs up. I'm voting for you again. And it reminds me of you something know? our pal Rob Kendall... <laughs> but, says all the time that letter next to your name that little letter is a powerful thing because ryan mears has that d next to his name a democrat in marion county people will automatically just go to the polls and vote for him so many people i don't think nige understand how bad of a job this guy's done i've seen it time and time again newscasts over and over again victims of these crimes of these guys that have been let out sweetheart plea deals uh, say they look straight in the camera and say, yeah, our criminal justice system has failed us. Time and time again, you've seen that. And who's been in control over the past couple of years, for sure, as the crime rates skyrocket? Uh, of course, this leads us back to the story, though, of Mayor Hogsett in the Beach Grove Parade and <laughs> walking past your dad. Your dad started booing him. And Hogsett said, what? Why are you booing? The, crim- the crime rate's down. To which Stone Cold Steve Hammer says, there's nowhere to go but down. It was a record last year. All right. Yeah, you, you get the government you, you vote for. So, right. Um, if I Indianapolis don't... votes these guys back in, man, I'm a lifer here, right? My family has grown up here. You know, this is where they're going to put me in the ground at. It's awful hard to justify staying in Marion County if this is the leadership that keeps getting elected for this buffoonery. You, you, are you telling me you and Crystal have had those conversations about where you live? Really? Really? Wow. 
shocking revelation here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Because we're uh, about four years away from being empty nesters. Yeah. My youngest is a freshman in high school, and, you know, he might have a house given to him from Grandma or Papal here in, in a will. And uh, depending on what he wants to do with college, I know Chris is probably going to do his thing. He'll be long gone by then. So who knows, man? Yeah, when Lindsay and I uh, found out we were having our second child harper uh who's eight now uh we lived in marion county and we decided all right you know what yeah like we're like a block or two away from (laughs) lots of crime happening every day probably time to look at somewhere else Uh, the school systems weren't bad at all where we were at uh on the northwest side but it's like eh, and not to say that that protects anybody either you know, right. it, it, the crime is permeated. It's one of the things that um, that Rick Snyder from the FOP talks about all the time. And I'm not even asking for the city of Indianapolis to be some sort of, you know, 1950s Pleasantville. I'm not asking for that. I'm just asking for guys who have 25 plus felonies or have previous murders to not be given sweetheart deals and to get back out on the street. That's all we're asking for. That's a lot to ask with this <laughs> current prosecutor, Hammer, I'm sorry to say. Apparently. Um, so, Project Veritas. Project Veritas, this is this organization where they kind of go around with secret cameras and they have somebody that acts like they're befriending somebody on the inside and they go out for dinner or drinks or whatever. They start talking shop and they're recording all these secrets of politics and school and media, whatever the place is. right-leaning organization. They've had exposés on CNN before and some of those calls with uh, the former guy that ran at Zucker and how the inner workings of liberal media, uh, you know, the ins and outs of that kind of thing. Right. So the latest one that is out is that uh, (laughs) there's this teacher in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you're going to hear the audio here in just a second. The undercover guy is just kind of playing along with him, secretly recording him, talking about how, you know, he's the teacher of eighth graders, and he wants to burn down the entire system, oh, and boy. he's super woke and all this crap. I am an anarchist. So the only thing that's a problem here is that uh, House Bill 1775 or something. Um, I can get my license to vote. For being too but I think it's it, you know what I mean. You're not overly. There's ways. To, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, trust me, I want to like burn down the entire system. Yeah, there's but ways to introduce these ideas without broadcasting it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I, no, I, I broadcasted too, too much last semester. So yeah, but like, um, eventually you want to like remove Christianity from or uh, religion from progressive thought because yeah. like religion is hierarchical. Did you hear what he said at the beginning? I am an anarchist. Oh, the only thing that's... I am an anarchist. I am an anarchist. I want to burn it all down. I don't want to get... Um, I want to get religion and Christianity out. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, James O'Keefe, he's the guy behind Project Veritas. He's in this video, too, and he mentions this is the same clown that was fired from a previous job for the same stuff. That is Tyler Wren. He used to teach at the Owasso 8th grade center until he resigned last April after these... TikTok videos were highlighted by libs of TikTok. If your parents don't love and accept you for who you are this Christmas, f*** them. I'm your parents now. Oh, 
boy. But I thought that kind of stuff didn't go on in schools. Oh, it's just a myth. Like CRT, it's a myth. You know what? Uh, I think like what we were talking about yesterday with uh, cops hating other crooked cops more than they do criminals. I I think it's the same with teachers. I think this is the exception rather than the rule. I've met and seen the teachers where I go to my kids go to school. Our our kids love them. Those kids love those teachers. I teachers hate this kind of thing when it pops up. On, on mainstream media, you I'm know with what you. I mean, I, I think I think the good, hardworking teachers uh, that love their kids and care about their kids' education. When I say their kids, I mean their students. Is what I'm saying. I, I, they look at stuff like this and just shake their head, much like uh, cops do the crooked cops. You know, couple stories in the NFL here, Nige. Uh, Tom Brady and Giselle. According to the New York Post, page six, which is their main gossip entertainment section, divorce. Uh. They've hired attorneys. They are in the early stages of filing for divorce. So who do you think is going to clean up once they get more on the market? Giselle or Tom Brady? I think she's worth more than him. Isn't she? Oh, I'm talking about who's going to score more (laughs) post-divorce. Wait a minute. I thought you meant settled financially. No, they're both fine financially. (laughs) Who's going to get more tail? Bachelor Tom Brady or Bachelorette Giselle all out on the market? Is this what Tom Brady was talking about when he said he's got a lot of bleep going on? 45 years old, man. There's a lot of shit going on. So, you know, (laughs) just kind of try to figure out life the best you can. And, um, you know, it's a... uh, Continuous process. A Tom Brady, probably. That was my speech when I woke up on uh, Saturday, by the way. Um, Yeah, man, I don't know. I feel bad. I mean, it seems like he's a good family man. It seems like he was on a Tom Brady was on a podcast recently talking about the reality of growing up rich and famous. He's like, this isn't reality for my kids. We have people that clean for us. We have people that make our food. We have people that drive Mm -hmm. us to the airport if we need that. You know, we get off a plane Mm -hmm. and there's people waiting there for us and we get ushered in. And it's just that's my kid's reality, which is the hard part to say, guys, this is not the way reality really is. I don't know. I kind of like that. And I feel you, bad for them because because he seems like a family man and, you know, divorce is hard and he loves his kids. And, right, and but he, you could change that, though, Tom. You could make your own meals at home. Like, well, I get sure. the security <laughs> yeah, things, but that's a good point. You could make your own meals at home, Tom. You don't need five housekeepers and three nannies. Right. <laughs> Have your kids pick up, that's you pick up after point. yourselves. <laughs> and I thought this story was great, too. Oh, uh, wow. So Tyreek Hill was a star wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs last year. And he uh, he got traded in the offseason. Now he's with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And he had the option to pick and choose which team he wanted to go to. He chose Miami because the Jets, who I think made an offer to him for more money, they've got too much property tax in the state of New York. The Jets were the other team that was kind of buying to trade for you. How close was that to happening? You know what? It was very close to happening, man. But it just those, it's just those state taxes, man. You know, I, I realized, you know, I, I had to make a grown-up decision. And, you know, here I am in, in the great city of Miami. You know, great weather, great people. We're beautiful people, I feel like. So, here I am. Yeah, I don't think there's any state income tax. I think the property taxes are low. And I don't blame him one bit for making a financial decision that was smart. Miami or New York. Yeah, true. Yeah. This is yeah, I'm going Miami. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Well, I was born to call daughter. All right, 
country music uh, icon Loretta Lynn passing away at the age of 90. Hammer, I am aware of who Loretta Lynn is. I'm aware she's an icon. I'm aware uh, she's an inspiration to tons of people in and out of the country music industry. I, just, I don't know very many songs. I have a song we're coming in with here right now. I think it's Coal Miner's Daughter. Right. That's one she's probably best known for. Right? And that was the title of the movie, I believe. Wasn't it Sissy Spacek and Tommy Lee Jones in the movie Coal Miner's Daughter? I just Daughter? don't know. I've ne- I don't know. I've never seen it. I'm not... Like, I went through a bunch of her catalog today uh, before the show, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of remember this one. I mean, it's old school Appalachian country music. Right. Grand old Opry yes. country music. Uh, you Ain't Woman Enough to Steal My Man. I remember that one. Uh, but uh, Don't come home drinking if you want some loving or something <laughs> like that. Is that if, if, don't come home. Home of drinking with loving on your mind. Uh, that okay, that I identify with. <laughs> and trust me, so does Mrs. Knight. <laughs> You've been given that speech before, actually. <laughs> she just reads straight from the lyrics. <laughs> uh, so, ninety years old—that's a—that's a bummer. Uh, R.I.P. Loretta Lynn. So, the NBA preseason is now underway. I think the Pacers have their first preseason game tomorrow. Cool. But last night they played. Uh, not the Pacers. I think it was the Clippers and the Blazers. They played in Seattle. Now, Seattle hasn't had a team in a number of years, but a lot of people feel like the city kind of got done dirty with the team leaving. Take a listen to this. The Clippers owner, Steve Ballmer, he was fired up to be back in Seattle. so excited to see Climate Pledge Arena, this fantastic building, light up tonight. That's the owner of the team, the <laughs> owner of the Clippers. I love the pass. So excited to see Climate Pledge Arena. This <laughs> you know what he reminded me of? A little <laughs> bit. Great. Just a little bit. Who? Matt Foley, the motivational speaker from Chris Farley. <laughs> so excited to see Climate Pledge Arena. This fantastic building light up tonight. Well, I'm here to tell you that you're probably going to find out as you go out there that you're not going to amount to jack squat. i got to be honest. A lot of us wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Blazers. From what I've heard, you're using your paper not for writing, but for rolling doobies. <laughs> Got me interested in basketball before he passed the owner of the Blazers. And I live in a van down by the river. Same energy, baby. Same energy. Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7 on 93 WIBC, or subscribe and get it right to your phone.